Rebirth of Venus. I'm Caitlin Matanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all-around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Rebirth of Venus, where we talk about all the good shit. That's my new tagline, Rebirth of Venus, where we talk about all the good shit. (laughs) No, I'm kidding about that. So I have a couple announcements. I'm going to start with one and I'm going to end with one. So by that, I mean like I'm going to give you one announcement now and then give you one at the end of the episode. So be sure to listen because the one at the end of the episode is time sensitive. Okay, but before we get to that, I am going starting next week to do something crazy. Rebirth of Venus, which has been a every Friday show since I think October 5th was my first episode, our first episode, because I feel like we all do this together, even though, you know, it's just me on the other end of my microphone here. (laughs) So it's been a weekly episode every Friday because Friday's the day of Venus and this show is inspired by my work with Venus as well as just my work in the world and I have decided that the Rebirth of Venus show that's not what it's called it's just called Rebirth of Venus that Rebirth of Venus is going to become a twice weekly show are you guys excited I know I am so I am going to be hopping on most weeks for a second episode The Friday episodes are still going to be consistent every single week. You will hear a brand new episode here wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Spotify. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Stitcher. I'm probably on some other networks I forgot about that I just like signed up for, but nobody really uses. Soon I'm going to be on YouTube. I'm already on YouTube, but the podcast is going to be on YouTube soon. Probably, probably next week. But I'm going to be coming on for a second episode, a bonus episode, most if not all weeks. So you will get a twice weekly fix of Rebirth of Venus. Are you excited? I hope you are because I'm really excited. So the second episodes are probably going to be generally a little shorter, more of like a little quick conversation. I mean, not so quick because, you know, I'm very loquacious and I talk a lot so (laughs) we'll see (laughs) but anyway I just am feeling the call to be out there more to be sharing more with you I've been getting so many awesome 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 messages in my dms lately I've been just like making so many internet friends because of this podcast it's been so cool to just have people who I mean Okay, obviously most of my listeners I don't know in person. And yet there's this part of me that still, despite the numbers, which are pretty good actually, a lot of people are listening to the show. But despite that, I still kind of feel like it's just my friends who listen to it, like my close personal friends. Obviously that's not true. And I still get a huge kick out of 
people who were previously strangers reaching out to me, sharing how these episodes are benefiting them, giving me some suggestions for future episodes. I really listen to you guys. So if you have suggestions, if you have questions, things you want to talk about, or rather have me talk about, please tell me. I love, 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 love hearing your suggestions. I'm doing more interviews now. Um, I'm doing two interview episodes every month, more or less. And if you have recommendations for people who you would love to see me interview, please give it all to me. Give it all to me. So because I've just been so, so loving the engagement, I just want to give you more. So starting next week, you're going to see two episodes of Rebirth of Venus most weeks. Our Friday episodes will be always happening. The other episode is going to be sort of like a wild card. So really excited about that. And thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you who listen, for all of you who make this show what it is. As always, I would absolutely love to hear your feedback on iTunes. Uh, Leaving a review there is so, so powerful and important to getting this show out to as many people as possible. I mean, this is free information and it's my mission to make that as accessible as possible, but I can't do that without you. I really can't. So thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. And like I said, this, this show wouldn't be what it is without you. So all my love, all my appreciation. So today I want to do a little riff on intuition. Okay, so the by far the biggest question or the most frequent question I get in my inbox. Do you call it an inbox on Instagram? The DMs, my DM box. I actually don't know what the technical term is. Not relevant. But the most common question or topic that gets brought up in conversations is some variation on this. I don't know how to access my intuition. What do you suggest? Or I don't know how to trust my intuition. What do you suggest? Or I'm only just now getting in touch with my intuition. What do you suggest? So basically everybody is struggling with their intuition, which is kind of crazy because guess what? It is always, 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 always available to you. And sure, it takes practice to know what it feels like, know what it sounds like to you. It definitely takes practice to trust it and to follow through on it. But actually in every moment, you have an opportunity to tune in and listen. Really, your intuition is kind of like that quiet friend who <laughs> who like they're, they're, they kind of just like go along with what's happening. But it's not until you actually ask them how they feel about it that they come out and tell you. Most people, their intuition is not going to be very chatty unless it knows you're listening. And it's not that your intuition is like has a personality and it like has a mind of its own or anything. I know I'm kind of personifying it like this, but this is just how I think of it. It doesn't really usually talk to you unless you ask or unless it's like a huge freaking thing that like I mean we've all had these experiences even the least spiritual amongst us we have these experience w- experiences where something is about to happen usually it happens in dating <laughs> or like maybe in a situation with a person in general um 
but people who are dating generally like encounter more new people on a more regular basis. I, I feel at least that was my experience when I was, you know, in the dating world. And so there are more opportunities for your intuition to like scream, turn, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I saw a meme like I saw, it, I think, three times today on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. And it was basically like a cardboard box that was filled with like little red flags, like the ones they use to mark electrical lines or whatever. And it was like, <laughs> I wish I could remember the text of the of the meme. I don't. I always have like the worst meme memory. I just remember laughing. But basically it was like, you could give this to me and like I would still date it for six months or something, knowing what exactly what I was getting into, like a whole box of red flags. So my point is that under normal circumstances, your intuition only comes out to play if you either ask and listen, of course, or if it's like a big, not like a life or death situation, although you certainly may have an intuitive hit in those situations, you almost definitely will. But like those big, those big decisions, you know, about like a job, a move, a partner. Most people have experiences with their intuition in those contexts of, oh, I knew I shouldn't have done this, right? <laughs> now, that's what psychology calls a hindsight bias. And, you know... Okay, it's really funny because I I once dated a psychologist, you know, relatively briefly. And actually, this is probably the second or third time I've actually mentioned him on the show, which is funny because we don't speak at all. But <laughs> I'll never forget we would have these arguments about hindsight bias, his term, versus intuition, my term. In his idea, and this is interesting, in his idea, there was this idea that if you had that feeling of, oh, I should have known, it was hindsight bias. It was the human need to go to look back and find evidence of what happened. And I would always explain, I'm like, okay, my definition of intuition is actually kind of the same thing. The intuition isn't magic. I mean, you can view it in spiritual terms, certainly. And I mean, I, I do as well. But ultimately, the intuition is your human animal instinct and, and um, propensity towards creating patterns and identifying patterns as a survival mechanism. And so, like, hindsight bias is kind of the same thing as intuition. Yeah, they, people say hindsight is twenty twenty, which is what hindsight bias is, right? And yes, that's true, but it's actually that habit of looking back and identifying that moment where you did kind of know, especially, okay, like look at it with dating. Um, I remember when I was dating, when I was single, there were so many times when I observed a red flag early on and I just like kept going. I was like, well, we're just, we're going to keep going. <laughs> and, you know, we've all been there, so. Of course, I could look back and think like, oh, that was a red flag. But here's the thing. Doing that over time fills up my like my intuition bank or my hindsight bias bank, whatever you want to call it. I don't even care. And it really it, it shows patterns that then when they happen again, you're like, OK, never again. Right. I mean, we all your mileage may vary on this. We all have our experiences where 
we make the same mistakes again and again and again. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. But each time you make that mistake, you become more aware. And actually in that example of like identifying a red flag early on and continuing to go forward anyway for like three months and then it was just like went to shit. I actually had gotten to a point where I was self-aware enough to identify to fully identify the red flag and still choose to go anyway. That's the thing about intuition. You can choose. You have free will. You can always choose to ignore it, you know, or to acknowledge it and just like do the other thing. You have that choice, you know. Sometimes it's like, uh, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. And you end up learning a lesson and then maybe like, you know, you don't make that same mistake again. I don't believe that we ha any of us have to learn th things the hard way. I don't believe this idea that like bad things happen to us to because we have lessons we need to learn. I think we decide how we're going to learn the lessons. And sometimes we have and sometimes we have a pattern of learning things the hard way. I speak about this from experience. This is a pattern I'm working on consciously breaking because I've always been that way of like, OK, how can I learn? <laughs> like, I've always done everything the hardest way possible, you know, like, yeah, I have so many examples of that. And, and you know, they're funny stories, but I actually had to stop identifying with that because I realized that I realized that it wasn't really necessary, you know, and it was causing me pain that was really not necessary. This isn't about blaming you. You know, I'm not about that that blame yourself shit at all but it's just about being aware you know okay so I went off on, on a little tangent there this came up because well it comes up all the time like I said in my dms like always 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 um a lot of people have an idea that like your intuition is something like outside of you it's like that it's like learning to play the violin where you have to like buy a violin and practice and put in lots of hours and it's like kind of true but it's really not true or I mean the metaphor is not true so much because first of all you definitely don't have to buy anything <laughs> to access your intuition now certain things can be great tools I mean I work with the tarot amongst other things but like in my work I work with the tarot and the tarot is an amazing tool for accessing your intuition every single time every single time I do a session with a client. I mean, this is part of my reading style where I am not interested in like telling you the future, even if I fucking know the future, which sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's clear as day. But I'm more interested in showing you the patterns and allowing you to see your own life clearly. And so this is actually why as a tarot professional, I have returned in almost all of my professional sessions to using the traditional Smith weight deck because I love like all the cool decks, the pretty ones. And I break those out like for, yeah, I break those out for sure. But the thing about the Smith weight deck, which is probably the most recognizable deck, it's not the original, but it's one of the most recognizable tarot decks. It's the one you probably think of when you think of the tarot. Those symbols, those images are immediately recognizable and understandable to vast majority of people. And maybe that's just the people I work with. But I, I really just even people who've never even seen tarot cards before, they can look at certain cards and they're like, oh, OK, I get it, you know. And that's so powerful because it puts the power in their hands, not just like here, I'm going to guide you. 
you know? And so you don't need to buy anything to access your intuition. Of course, these things can be great tools because they tap into the unconscious and they work in archetypes. I mean, in the case of the tarot, it works in archetypes, which are mirrored in the collective unconscious. You know, there's symbols that permeate well beyond space and time and history. They, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast. I'm not sure. Maybe I just mentioned it to like a friend in conversation. But Lindsay Mack, who's a well-known tarot reader, she has a podcast called Tarot for the Wild Soul. It's really good. And in one episode, she mentioned something about how like the tarot existed before the tarot. And what she meant by that is the archetypes existed before they were put on cards, you know? Kind of, I mean, same with astrology, you know? All of these modalities, they tap into recurring themes that are present in human experience, right? So back to my example about like your intuition is not something outside of you. It's not something that you need someone else to access for you. Certainly, somebody else can be very, very valuable to give you an outsider's perspective. I mean, that's like the biggest benefit of the work I do. I can provide you with an outsider's perspective and it's a perspective that's educated and studied and has been trained to see patterns, to see, you know, to kind of identify what you're really thinking, things like that. But, you know, and actually on the episode where um, the episode about twin flames, I don't remember what number it was, maybe 24 or something. Um, don't hold me to the 24. <laughs> I don't have the numbers memorized. But the get my guest, Seth Hill and I, we talked about how, you know, we're both working psychics and we still like we consult each other sometimes. Um, we both read tarot and we consult each other like just because this is, you know, something I've practiced and developed doesn't mean that I don't have my own blind spots. You know, it's the same reason like coaches have coaches like I have I've met my own mentors and coaches. I have, you know, people who I can consult like him when I need, you know, that outsider's perspective. It, it can be hard sometimes for me, for example, to read my own cards. If it's a situation that I'm really emotionally attached to, because anytime you have an attachment to something, you're going to see what you want to see because you're attached to the outcome. And so there have been many times over the years when I have had something that I was just like, really, usually you can tell you're attached to the outcome because you are overanalyzing it. <laughs> and you may think I overanalyze everything. Well, that's because you're probably attached to everything. Because when you're overanalyzing things, it's because you have, it's because you have a really clear idea of how things should go. And they may not be going that way. And so that feeling of like you have to be thinking about things again and again and overanalyzing them, it is really, you know, it's really a result of having an idea of how things should go and acknowledging that you don't know if they're going that way, right? And so while it can be helpful to look outside of yourself and go to another professional or a non-professional, I mean, a friend or anybody, 
Ultimately, intuition is something you access. It's already inside of you. And certainly, you may not be used to listening for it. And so, for example, if you, one of the first things I tell people when I'm guiding them on this and coaching them through this is that they need to identify what their intuition feels like or in some people sounds like. So because some people really do have like receive auditory messages from their intuition. And but most people feel feelings, you know, they feel a physical sensation in their body. And so I encourage people to start testing out their intuition on very small things because the fact of the matter is it's, it, it is hard for a lot of people to trust themselves and trust their intuition on those big like life or death situations, which is funny because I'm the opposite, actually. Like <laughs> I it was I, I until very recently, I was always that person who was like trying to choose between the, like the 20 different kinds of toilet paper for 15 minutes in the store. But then I could make like in a split second an intuitive decision about like whether to move to another city or something, you know, it's like there was a disconnect. Now I just, you know, don't really stress the small stuff anymore, but I definitely used to be one of those people who I could make these giant intuitive decisions, but the little ones, it was like too much for me. And, um, and what's funny is that you, that's the opposite of most people. So most people, they need to start small so they can, sort of, you know, get some successes under their belts, so to speak. So, for example, um, say you, I mean, you can start with the smallest things, like where to go to get your nails done if you're trying to pick a place, or like what store to go into, or what way to walk home, or like what to order at a restaurant, you know? These are things that most people I think all people, but I'm just going to say most because, you know, there's always an exception. Um, most people do get like an intuitive hit on, but then they push it away. And these are re these are good examples because they give you immediate feedback. So, for example, OK, here's a good example. <laughs> when I get my nails done I and they bring over like 80 colors, like the little you know, like the little fake nail thing. You like pick the color. Um, <laughs> I, again, I used to be like, I would take like 10 minutes to pick a freaking color. Now I just like the first one I see that I like, I go with, right? Because ultimately that's all that matters. Now there have been times when the first one I wanted or I, or I thought about, I was like, eh, but that's like not something I would usually pick. Or it's like such a stupid example, but it's effective practice. You know, and I'd, I'd have like a story around why I shouldn't pick it. And I would pick something else that I thought I would like instead. And then sure enough, if, you know, I picked one that was against my intuition, you know, at the end of the two weeks, because I get like gel or shellac polish the last two weeks, I'd be like, I'm so fucking sick of this color. Right. I should have picked the one I just like thought I wanted. So it's a silly example, but that's the point. It's not life or death, you know, like. It's not, it was not the end of the world that I was sick of my nail polish color <laughs> by any means, but it showed me like, oh, I did have a feeling I should pick this other one or in a restaurant, you know, you like talk yourself out of the thing you really want and then you're disappointed. 
you see right away the results, but it's not like a life or death situation. And so in doing that, you start to you can start to identify what your intuition feels like to you. So most people feel it in a different energy center. So most people, it's either the solar plexus. So like, you know, feeling it in your gut. We even have vernacular around that or in your heart. Um, and people are like, you know, I felt it in my heart. I think this. So most people have, in fact, you can even look at how you talk about intuition. Do you say, oh, I felt it in my gut? Or do you say like, my heart wants to do this? Most people say one or the other more often. I always say my gut. What's interesting is that I recently pulled my human design chart, which is like, I don't, I, I, to be honest, I still don't really understand what human design is. So if any of you are human design people and want to like, I don't know, message me, maybe even come on the show and teach us about it. Anyway, please do. But I did like do my free chart online and I found out that I was a manifesting generator. Like I'm not going to go at what, into what that means because I don't even fully understand, but it sounds right. <laughs> Human design, I think it's kind of like astrology, but it's like different. It looks more scientific, even though I don't think it is. Yeah, I, I'm totally ignorant, but um, it, it's actually cool. This is how a lot of people feel about astrology charts, charts which I know a lot more about. <laughs> anyway, so. But then it said my emotional authority is the solar plexus, which I later had someone tell me that that was basically how I make decisions. I feel I have to feel them. And it was funny because I feel them in the solar plexus. So maybe looking into human design could tell you how you feel your intuition. I don't actually know. I can't speak for that. That's like a bonus idea that I actually haven't tried. I just stumbled into myself. Anyway, so... So you'll start to notice how it feels and then you can start to say yes to your intuition. Be like, okay, I'm gonna just order the freaking thing I wanted and then you're really happy and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't order like that shitty salad instead. I mean, no offense to salad, but <laughs> just an example. Or, oh my God, I picked like this like kind of boring color at the nail salon, but I'm, I'm just like totally feeling those neutral vibes. Again, not life or death stuff. Or I walked home a weird different way and I ran into a friend who I hadn't seen in a long time and so on and so on it becomes a snowball effect you start to feel more confident saying yes because you see good things happen or you see that bad things or not bad things but less desirable things happen when you don't listen this becomes your evidence bank and that's really really helpful to just make you feel more confident and then you can start to trust I mean you can start from the beginning to trust your gut on big things but this is for people who are struggling with that so once you feel comfortable, you can start to trust it on the big things because you know it's not going to lead you astray, right? Okay, this happened to me really recently. So at the beginning of the year, I was feeling my the bulk of my income was coming through, not through this business, but through something else. And okay, that sounds like really sketchy. It, it's just like through a sep another job I was working. <laughs> it made sound like so sketchy. Like, the bulk of my money was coming from something else. Um, and I was getting so many intuitive hits to leave this opportunity, which was like super flexible. I could do it as much or as little as I wanted. It was really easy. 
like I had no reason, no idea what that was that just banged. Anyway, um, probably the cats as always. They make an appearance in every episode because they just they need attention. Anyway, so I was I, I got this intuitive hit. It was like you should leave it, but it didn't make sense on paper. I was like, well, I can just work less. What's the big fucking deal? And I was growing my existing business but it was still young and I was like just makes sense to have this as a job it's totally cool and then I lost the job (laughs) and through like a series of events and it was funny because as soon as I stopped working that job my business exploded and it really took off like energetically and it was funny because I it was like oh I like I could have had that result sooner had I listened to my intuition. It wasn't the end of the world, you know, because I was still in the same position just maybe a couple months later. But it was interesting. And then recently I had the same intuitive hit. It felt exactly the same as that first time or that other time around another um like income stream that I have. I have multiple income streams. So, um, and I, it was like, okay, you need to pull your attention away from this and fully devote it to rebirth of Venus and, and increasing your income streams there. And this time I didn't second guess it. I just like did what had to be done to basically close off the energy on that and redirect it towards my other, my other projects. But because I had already had that experience, I knew that even though it scared me to do that this time, because it was, again, like easy money, no big deal. I kind of enjoyed it. I knew something was on the other side. And it was because of recognition of that pattern that the decision was easy the second time around, right? So that's something to keep in mind, too. And I was talking today on social media Okay, today's Thursday. You're going to hear this on Friday. So yesterday I was talking about this on Instagram and on Facebook and in some groups and just kind of like waxing poetic about how I'm just so not down with the power dynamics that often exist between. And these are false dichotomies. Healer and healed, like coach and client, you know, psychic and client, whatever. This idea that like, and, and it's partially, hmm, how do I, do I go here? I'll go here. It's partially a, a lot of people's skewed understanding of how to market their services. There's this idea in marketing of hitting your customer's pain point, which all it really is is identifying a problem, a real problem people have, and solving it. It's a beautiful thing. But unfortunately, a lot of people have misinterpreted that idea and they really kind of prey on people's pain instead. And so I'm sure you can see the difference, you know? One is like, hey, you have a problem. Here's a solution. I can help you. Beautiful thing. Like, I don't know about you, but I love paying people to fix my problems. It's the best. (laughs) Especially because like sometimes there are problems I have to fix on my own. So if I can pay someone to do it, yeah, yes, please. Um, Bring it on. But a lot of people, they prey on it. And 
that's annoying. That's annoying because it's not necessary. And because when people are in pain, they are often susceptible to this. And it's not as prevalent as it used to be, I don't think. I think that people are a lot more transparent now. And I don't know if that's just people I surround myself with, but I don't really... I just I actually think that there is just more information online now about how to sell from a place of alignment and soul and, you know, real sense of deep service. And so people are just like better at it now and they're more genuine now and they don't have to resort to these like predatory marketing tactics as much. Again, this might be the people I surround myself with. I don't know (laughs) because I do a lot of work to like not work, but I do a lot of I make a lot of effort to prune my circle of inspiration anyway so but it still exists for sure and what I was talking about you know how there's this like dynamic of deliberate codependence and I am just not available for that (laughs) because I mean well first of all like I have received, I have had clients or potential clients who I could tell were actually looking for that because some, it's not just about the person providing the services. Some people do want like a guru or they want somebody to tell them what to do or they want somebody to like do all the hard things for them. And I have made the mistake a few times of bringing those people into my world and it never works out ever, ever. They're like the people who ask for a refund or they're the people who, you know, are like they you you give them the action steps and they don't take them and then it's just like not a fit they don't get results so they stop working with you etc so it's it's not it's no big deal and I'm not saying this with judgment it's just like they're at a different place I mean trust me there are plenty of things in my life where I tried to find I tried to get help with before I was ready and it like fell apart nothing happened because I wasn't ready so it's not a judgment it's just the cycle of of your evolution you know but anyway I have encountered this a few times sure but you know I'm just not available for that because I want to surround myself in general not just in business in my personal life with people who are ready to change you know and There was definitely a time when I was really, really understanding of like, we have this whole narrative around, oh, you know, sometimes you just need to rant. You just need to vent. And I used to really buy into that and agree with that and get upset when people weren't giving that to me, (laughs) namely my boyfriend, who is like, I mean, I actually, I call him like my mindset coach. Really, he is like my mindset coach because he just does not, I mean, he's not perfect, obviously. Um, if you're listening, love, I'm sorry that I said you weren't perfect on the air, but, um, (laughs) but he just like does not tolerate my bullshit. And so when my mind is doing bullshit things, he's just like, no, like, no, I'm not just going to listen, sit here and like, listen to the bullshit. I'm going to like elevate you. And I really appreciate that. And in general, as I've held myself to a higher standard, I hold my conversations to a higher standard because really, who are you helping by just venting? I mean, sure, it might feel good for like a few minutes, but if you then aren't open to a solution, what is the point of the conversation? Like literally, what's the point? It's just to complain. And how about you? But like, I have better things to do most of the time. 
I'm not perfect either, you know, but I strive to not do that because it's like, no, I, I, if someone has a solution, I want the fucking solution, even though I feel like I'm not ready and all this, you know, I want to become ready. And part of that is being challenged. And so my whole approach to this is like kind of controversial, I guess, like my approach to a lot of things, because honestly, I as a like as a whether it's as a tarot professional as a coach as as in anything i'm not doing anything for my people that they can't do for themselves yes i said it (laughs) i know like it actually posted this yesterday and i got a lot of responses that were like i'm really glad you said this this needs to be said because people are afraid to take themselves off the pedestal right of like, oh, I'm the person who figured it all out. And and this is happening less. People are definitely becoming more vulnerable because they finally realize that that's what people want. They want to like hear your vulnerability. They want to hear how you're human. They want to actually like understand how, oh, I don't know about you, but like for me, the people who are the be- biggest examples to me are the people who I can see myself in, who I can like, who I kind of feel like I am them five years ago, you know, because I can see what's possible for me. To me, that's inspiring. And then there are other people who just feel like so like I'm not I'm so not on their level. And sometimes it's just superficial. Like I, I don't identify with them for whatever superficial reason. And so I just like they're less inspiring to me because I just don't see myself in them, I guess. And it goes the other way, too. You know, I'm not really so. I mean, of course, I love, love, love receiving questions and, and things about this. And I answer everything um, that I receive. But, you know, it's a lot different to work with someone who is like at the very beginning of their journey. And I'm not talking about the people who say they're at the beginning because a lot I've known. I've met so many really spiritually mature people who say they're just like getting into this. Just because you're just getting into it like in the superficial way doesn't mean it's not something you've been working through and working on for a long time. Um, My point is that it's really different when you're somebody who is willing to accept their power rather than just wanting to give it over to someone else. It's about that more than about like how long you've been doing the work, you know? And because, I mean, for me... Like I said, I'm not doing anything for my clients that they can't do for themselves. And that might sound like, you know, like, what's the point then? But like we talked about, obviously, it's extremely valuable to have somebody else who can mirror your shit back to with love, who can point things out that aren't clear to you and who is trained to do so in a way that allows you to sort of untangle the problem yourself which is what gives you the tools to do that for yourself in the future. You know, that's the opposite of codependence. That's empowerment. Because we're all intuitive, you know. Whatever you call it, whether you call it intuition, your inner guide, psychic powers, (laughs) whatever you call it, it's not something you have to learn how to access. It's just something you have to start listening to, and you can do that in any moment. You can decide now, hey, I'm going to tune in and like listen. You can do that now. Um, 
you know, because I want to empower you. And that's the point of this podcast. That's the point of all of the work I do, my courses, my one-on-one sessions, everything is to empower you. If I haven't empowered you that I failed at my job because I'm not different from you. Sure, I may be more practiced in certain things. I may be more open to certain things. Maybe, maybe not. I may, I mean, really the job of a coach is to hold the vision for who you're becoming, which takes a lot of energy. You know, really, they're transmuting that energy for you. They hold the vision of who you are becoming. Just today, I was in a Facebook group chatting, helping people answering questions and stuff. And someone said something about like, you know, they were just like in a really bad financial situation and wanting you know, starting to work on like abundance mindset, manifesting money and stuff. I'm actually doing an episode on this soon. So be on the lookout for that. And what I told her was this. I said, the biggest skill you need to cultivate, and this is something that I'm only grasping now, but that's only because no one ever really like pointed it out to me until more recently. The biggest skill you can cultivate in terms of anything in your life that you want to change is learning to look beyond the appearance, the illusion of what appears to be real and holding the vision and space for another reality because and I don't want to open up this can of worms too much because it's like hella complicated (laughs) Um, but basically like reality is an illusion reality is a hologram like most of what we're I mean this is like a lot of quantum physics stuff but most of what we're seeing is an illusion most matter is is empty like I don't want to get into the science of it because it's complicated basically reality is an illusion we'll just we'll, we'll just stick with that and so you can pick which illusion to abide by you know but it takes practice because normal people average people you know how I feel about average people <laughs> they call this being delusional And I believed I was delusional for a really long time before I finally just owned it. And I realized I wasn't delusional. I was a visionary. And once I realized that everything changed and it's funny because intuitively I had always felt like I was on the right path, but then just like I got all these mixed messages from other people about how it was just being me being delusional, like seeing a different reality than was there. And I was like, am I crazy? And, and I let that get to me. And so I wasn't consistent with my, holding the vision of the alternate reality which becomes real very quickly (laughs) if you can consistently hold it which is the challenge that's the work and so again like my intuition knew and as soon as I just like trusted that actually teachers came into my life that held that space for me as well and they're like yeah you're right (laughs) reality is an illusion girl and so my point here is that it's just so important to listen to yourself no matter how crazy it seems. And that is my job to hold that space for you so that you can step into that space on your own. And I do that for free in my DMS every day and I'm happy to do it. So 
I mean, some of my favorite messages that I receive are messages about like how to hold the vision when people around you are doubting you. My answer is always just like, don't tell them about it. <laughs> like, keep it safe inside, you know? That's a different episode, future episode. Um, but, right, like, I, my job is to hold that space for the vision of who you're becoming. It's to help you decide what's right for you by teaching you how to access your own power source. So that you can do it on your own. My job isn't for you to depend on me or like to create this dynamic where you have to depend on me. No, you know how to do this already. You're just relearning it. That's it. That's absolutely all. And I can help you do that. So in closing, remember how I said this was going to be a short episode 45 minutes later. <laughs> I just hope that you can learn to trust yourself. You can take these actionable steps that I talked about in this episode to learn to trust yourself. But ultimately, it's a decision you make in every moment. Will you trust what you hear? Will you choose to listen? Will you choose to trust? And will you choose to act? And, you know, it gets easier over time. It does. But you can still make the wrong choice at any moment as well. You know, and, and part of a big piece of this is self-forgiveness because we're humans. We're having human experiences. We're not going to get it right all the time, you know. So just being forgiving about that towards yourself is so, so, so important. So I do have one more, or one more episode. <laughs> I have many more episodes, but I have one more announcement I wanted to close on here, which is that my tarot transformation sessions are buy one, get one free, which is completely insane, but I was called to do it and I always do what I'm called to do. <laughs> They're buy one, get one free until Sunday. So if you're listening to this right after it airs, that's Sunday, May 12th, you need to hop on it because I'm only offering 20 buy one, get one free sessions, okay? And so all you do is you go to rebirthofvenus.com slash transform. The link, as always, will be in the show notes. And just purchase your, your session and you're going to get two sessions for the price of one. Um, the second session you can gift so it's an amazing like if you want to be the dopest child ever and get it for your mom for mom's day it's going to be lit but you can gift it to a family member a friend who needs it you can even go like halvesies with a friend I mean you have to do that on your own if you're you know you can both put in like half the amount and one of you gets the one session one gets the other you can keep both for yourself one is like a follow-up at a later date they don't expire, so it's an amazing, amazing, amazing deal. The sessions, they're 90-minute sessions. They're my signature one-on-one -on -one tarot mindset coaching sessions. We pull cards to get clarity on the energy around the changes you're making in your life, the direction you're heading in, and then we do the really important shit, which is getting your mindset right, getting the vision clear, making sure that you have the tools you need to be empowered, to make choices that serve you, to make better choices, and to do what has to be done in your life so that you can create your own life by design so that you can access the, the power source within you that allows you to have everything you desire as long as you decide you deserve it, you're ready, and it's yours. And it's all three of those, always. So be sure to hop on it right away. Like I said, I only have 20 sessions. They're going to go fast. Um, click the link in the show notes to... Sign up for one. 
You can message me with any questions as always on Instagram at rebirth underscore of Venus. I can't wait to work with so many of you in these sessions. I'm so excited to be able to offer it to you at this honestly insane price that, you know, I was about to say like, probably won't be this low again. I mean, it, it definitely won't be any lower than this. I probably won't do buy one, get one free sessions ever again. But, you know, I always do what I'm called to do. So um, I hope you take advantage of it. I would love to work with you. They're life-changing sessions. I have You can look at the amazing testimonials and feedback from other people who have had their lives changed in just 90 minutes in these sessions all on rebirthofvenus.com. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a beautiful week. And remember... You have the power within you. You are intuitive naturally. You are gifted. You have everything you need. You just have to listen. You just have to ask. And you just have to act. So I grant you bravery. I grant you courage and passion and the desire to go after your desires and the willingness to have, do, and be more. It's all yours right now. You just have to decide to take it. So thank you for listening. And I will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus. And be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com.